Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Featured in this edition of the Intersection are highlights from the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo in Columbus, Georgia. First up, Jane Jenkins Herlong stopped by Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the CPE Show to offer, with humor and enthusiasm, stories about her life and what God has taught her. Some of her comments are coming up. Then, in a conversation aired on the Meeting House on Valentine's Day, Connie C.E. White shared about her own love story, including relating her journey through singlehood and what God showed her along the way. You'll be hearing from our CPE conversation. And on this edition of The Intersection, I had the chance to reconnect at the CPE show with Elaine Helms of Church Prayer Ministries, who addressed the importance of churches developing prayer ministries and how that can be done. Finally, Johnny McWilliams is a Christian financial expert and explores how to use the wisdom given by God in order that Christians might be good financial stewards. From a CPE conversation, he offered principles about how to navigate applying God's Word to the use of our financial resources. You'll be hearing from him ahead. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Jane Jenkins Herlong was back at the Christian Product Expo to serve as MC. She graciously visited Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Winter 2023 show. She is the author of the book entitled Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South, Sassy Sacred Southern Stories Filled with Hope and Humor, and brought humorous and heartwarming stories from her life along with lessons learned from the Lord. Here now from the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo in Columbus is Jane Herlong. Talking about some of these life lessons, going back to how you met your husband and the, the fact you, you know, you were going in one direction. God was was moving in a different way. Right. And he brought the two of you together. He and did. so here's here's the way that God redeems our our years, how he redeems our past. No matter what a person's family situation in the past a person doesn't necessarily have to walk in the ways in which they were brought up. If that completely, that yeah. it takes courage and it takes prayer, yeah, and it takes direction. And you, you're so you love your family, but you might not like them. And many times we have to step out and set boundaries and borders, as Dr. Henry Cloud says. They're very important when we see dysfunction. We don't want it to pollute us. We don't want to be gripped with unforgiveness because things happen. And I heard someone say that forgiving is like releasing a prisoner. You didn't know the prisoner was you. Mm, and the other thing yeah, about that is forgiveness. A minister, another, another time I heard one say, people who are forgiven are not the people that change history. People who forgive change history. It's much harder to forgive than to be forgiven. Yeah. Much harder. Good word. And so I, I remember with my sister, with all we went through, I asked her forgiveness. And everybody said, Jane, that's nuts. You've you've not done anything. I said, it doesn't matter. I feel led to do it. And she died suddenly almost a year to that day. Hmm. So that was for me. And God knew the what was going to happen, and he quickened my heart. And that's important to do. It's important to forgive because it will really mess up your perspective on life. Yeah. Unforgiveness is very poisonous. Jane Jenkins Herlong joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio. It is the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo 
in Columbus, Georgia. Your latest book is called Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South, Sassy Sacred Southern Stories Filled with Hope and Humor. <laughs> and so that is a mouthful. It's a mouthful. And there's a, a lot of alliteration. There there's a lot of alliteration yes. in that. I had to be sassy, you know. Yeah. That's my, I go from sassy to sacred. And, and that's just my life. Not, I, I not mutually a, exclusive, obviously. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, th- there's a side of us, I think, that when I do my speaking engagements, and I do associations that are, you know, secular, but I also in the faith-based community, what I love to do is when there are events, and I call it Sweet Tea Wisdom Southern Fried Humor. And I talk about three takeaways. It's like tea. You have to be steeped and know who you are. And in the church, you know who we are in Christ. You have to be steamed, and that's passionate. And seasoned is wise. I met a woman in Arkansas probably nine months ago, and she's 92. I said, what's your secret to being 92? And she said, my favorite verse of Scripture. And you'll never guess this, Bob. It was so crazy. She said, and it came to pass. That's in the Bible 737 times, which means things will happen, and they will pass. Yeah. And you have to remember, they will pass. So, so really using the tea analogy yeah. and the imagery that's there, you obviously have some keys to, to spiritual growth, taking something very simple, but something that can be really powerful as someone recognizes and has the right viewpoint on trials. And we have to recognize, you know, God's at work and obviously humor is a big part of what you do. As far as really recognizing what God is doing and also communicate that to people. So that well, it's a soft sell of the gospel. It's a soft sell of Proverbs. Yeah. When you start out by saying a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a crushed spirit will draw your bones. And a lot of people don't know the second part of that, that a crushed spirit. And you've seen people, their spirits crushed. And they have to have conclusion, and we have to help them have conclusion and pray them into conclusion. Pray them into that someone will, they will go to therapy, you know, and get some help that way. Anything. A good therapist that will sit and listen, and like I did. When my mother died, my sister died five months later, and the family blew up, and I was blamed for everything. I had to sit down with a therapist, and it was the best thing I ever did. There's no shame in that. Wow. So if you had to really... I guess, condense the message. Obviously, you gave us those those characteristics of tea as you selected the stories and as you put together the content. What do you think is the, the main thread that you would want people to kind of extract from the book? And I put this in one of the, my stories is I would say you need to aspire to inspire before you expire. Jane Jenkins Herlong here on The Intersection. You can find her online through Jane Herlong. Next on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Connie C.E. White, who writes in a variety of Christian genres. In our conversation at the Christian Product Expo in Columbus, she discussed the book she has co-written entitled Single Isn't Second Best, Shifting the Perspective on Christian Singleness. In the course of our conversation, she addressed her transition from being a single to being married, Here now from that conversation is Connie White. I know what it was like to be a single Christian and feel like people do look at you different and seem to think that your life, well, are you dating anyone? Like, have you met anyone? Like, that kind of thing. And that's another thing that I think we do to single people that makes them feel inadequate. Well, you'll find someone and your time will come as if we make them 
feel that their lives are inadequate, even if they don't feel that. Some people are perfectly content in their singleness, but people still say things like that to them that make them feel like, well, I must be missing something because these people seem to think that I'm not complete yet. So, Sure. So tell me about how you and your husband met and give us a little insight into your love story. Well, we met at work. Uh, We were actually both servers at a restaurant. And um, I will say that that what the Lord taught me about marriage when I was young, that, that marriage itself is not the goal, that the person needs to be someone that you can have a mature and, and godly walk with, served me well even in our dating, because we dated for a really long time, almost six years, but we needed to. There were a lot of things that um, needed to change in both of us. And the best way that this mindset served our our relationship is that three years into that dating period I actually broke up with him for almost a year and it was more devastating than having broken up with either of my fiancés when I was young Um, he was I really did love him deeply but our relationship wasn't headed to the kind of teamwork that I knew would be healthy and, and I wasn't willing to do that so I broke up with him And I really didn't think we would get back together. Um, And I was 30 at the time. And so I feel like had I had I been in the mindset that most of my peers were in, I would have been like, well, time's running out. I have to get I would I would have been too invested in the idea of marriage to do that, to break up with him. But since I wasn't and since I was like, no, it needs to be healthy. It needs to be godly. It needs to be. And um, that when we came did get back together, which, as I said, I didn't expect us to at all. Um, Our relationship was so much more healthy, and we had both grown in in spiritually and in other ways and learned to appreciate each other in ways we didn't before. And I truly feel that that mindset of not just being so focused on the marriage itself and and getting married kept... I feel like we would have had so many more problems if I had just stayed with him and gotten married then, as opposed to having that breakup where we had time to grow and learn, and then we came back together more mature and more ready mm. to have a healthy relationship. Yeah. What do you think was the, the, the main thing that changed before, contrast before and after that one year um, period of time? Well, this is not denigrating my husband. He's a wonderful person, but he was not showing the kind of adult responsibility you would want in a, a spouse. And I was not okay with that. I, I didn't, I wanted a relationship where we were a team uh-huh. and I didn't feel like he was living in a way that we would have been a team. And then for me, um, I didn't, I had, I was not appreciating him for who he was. And I learned in that breakup also my I dated, I didn't date. I had a friendship with a, a gentleman that I might have ended up dating at some point while we were broken up, who was very different from my husband in the sense that he was the kind who opened all the doors and said all the right things. And did that. Whereas my husband is a little willy-nilly in that regard. He'll be like, I'll open this door for you. You get the next one. <laughs> and which is fine for me. I don't need ritual and, and mm. I need someone who is. And But so this guy at first that relationship appealed to me because he was doing all the right things. And then um, towards the end of that friendship, there was just a massive blow up where I realized how emotionally unhealthy this gentleman was. 
and that despite my husband's uh, not necessarily being the type who does all the right things and, you know, says all, all the, the stereotypical things of being a gentleman, so to speak, um, he would never treat me the way that mm. person did. That his heart is so gentle and kind. Um, and before, I was looking at all of the, like, logistical things that maybe uh-huh. he wasn't doing right. And after that, I was able to see him more for his character and how he would treat me. Connie White here on this edition of the Intersection Podcast. You can find her online at cewhitebooks.com. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through that homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection, as well as The Meeting House program. You can find links to The Intersection, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcast feed, And you can watch video clips from Meeting House guests, including content from the CPE show in Columbus, Georgia, through the Faith Radio YouTube channel. There is a link from the homepage. Plus, you can find links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, the website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. When you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms, search for Faith Radio Podcast. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast. More now from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo in Columbus, Georgia. Elaine Helms of Church Prayer Ministries, in a conversation there, underscored the importance of churches praying and having a dedicated prayer ministry, a topic she addresses in the book, If My People Pray, Steps to Effective Church Prayer Ministry. Here now is Elaine Helms. How do we need to be praying for the church in general? Well, I, I think praying for revival uh, is, is the real key that the church would awaken to how much worldliness has crept in to our churches. Our churches look more like the world rather than us taking the light into the darkness and spreading the, the good news of Jesus. We've more become like little businesses and country clubs in many ways. You know, it's all about an individual. What what can I get out of coming to church here? And that's not what mm. Jesus equipped us for. He he wants us to go and make disciples. Uh, it's, certainly it's wonderful to invite people to an event or to come to church, but we need to be out where the people are. And so the people in the churches need to be dis- discipled that one-on-one discipleship and i'm seeing a movement of that in so many churches our own included Mm. um, where it that is becoming the theme who are you discipling or if you need discipling who's discipling you right and uh, as we become more and more of a a true disciple of jesus then we're going to want to share that good news and disciple that person as well to be able 
And it does seem that you have a couple of different streams here. You obviously are praying for people to experience revival yes. in their own lives and in their churches. Right. And you're also praying against those barriers. You had used that word earlier before mm-hmm. our conversation began, overcoming the barriers that keep us right. from experience experiencing that so would you is it is it correct to say maybe there are a couple of different types of of prayer that you would use in order to a further the work of the church and also b to thwart or defeat the work of the enemy right absolutely and i I think the prayer without limits uh was written with that in mind that um, while god is able more than able to do exceeding abundantly beyond anything we can ask or think it's according to the power that works within us and God really convicted me as I was reading that very familiar verse one time that we might just be quenching the Holy Spirit's power that could be working in us and that really put me on a a search to see what he meant by that and the more I observed and studied I found that we have a lot of baggage that we bring into a prayer room, into mm. a prayer closet, into a prayer group. Uh, we've sins that we've become so tolerant of, we don't even realize that we are full of pride or maybe have an unforgiving spirit. Maybe we're just too busy to pray. Prayerlessness can be a big thing. Forgetting how great God is and who we're really talking to when we pray. And so a lot of the hindrances and the idols of the 21st century oh my goodness you know the success the how much money we make and how many material possessions we have and you know we can just go on and on with how caught up in the worldliness the church has become and so Mm. revival i think is, is the key that we need to be praying for Elaine Helms from the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo in Columbus, Georgia, here on the Intersection Podcast. You can find her online at churchprayerministries.org. Finally, on this edition of the Intersection Podcast at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Winter CPE Show in Columbus, I had the opportunity to talk with financial expert Johnny McWilliams. He has written a four-book series entitled Intersection, Where God's Wealth Meets God's Wisdom, with a biblical viewpoint on financial stewardship from that CPE conversation. This is Johnny McWilliams. In the 20s before the military, I actually um, tried to do it myself, do it the way that everyone does it in the world, and um, it ended up into a bad place of foreclosure, car being repossessed, bankruptcy chapter seven, and ultimately being at a place of being in depression. So I joined the Navy, because that's what you do when you're in that kind of position, right? So at 30 years old, I'm uh, in the Navy, they calling me grandpa in boot camp, you know, with all these young uh, whippersnappers. And I said, I need to learn more about money. So I started learning everything I could about money. I got my insurance license, I got my tax preparation in HR Block, and I, I worked in real estate, got my real estate license, got my Series 7, 66, got an MBA in finances, and ended up in six figures of debt again. Oh my goodness, and something's not working, like, man. what is going on? Even my <laughs> finance professor was broke. And God said, well, have you looked at the 2,300 verses in the Bible about money? 
And I said, what? <laughs> and that's when I started to learn the proper way to handle his wealth for mm. his kingdom. Now, were you a, a believer in Christ all, all this time? Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's what I found out is people in the church, like I was, I was in the church. I, I had a Bible, I went to church. And, um, you know, you don't learn a lot about money across the kitchen table at home and even in church and in school. It's not a lot of talk about it. It's kind of a taboo topic because everyone gets sensitive about, you know, the bad ways of using money but they don't learn the good ways of actually using God's wisdom with it. What have you found to be the way that people generally, whether it be people in the world or people within the church, approach the topic of finances? How do they approach it? Uh, generally. Yeah, well, the way that they see on TV and media and, and what the norm is. is like, oh, I'm supposed to get credit cards. I'm supposed to buy a house. I'm supposed to do these things, but they don't think about what God wants and what the purpose of their life is to use the resources he has given them to, to use. So take us through, as you see, the, the mindset that the Bible teaches with respect to our money. Obviously, God has a purpose for these resources that he has given, but they're not, they're still his. Uh. He's given them to us to use but they don't belong to us. That's my understanding of the scriptures. Is, Absolutely. Is that sort of on target? Yes. Well, in the in the first book, I actually come at it, though, from a father and not just from ownership alone, but how a loving father who owns it all wants his child to be taken care of, you know, and it's like you're an heir to the king of kings. Then in the second book, I come at it where it's like, okay, the owner the, the owner of the business, everything incorporated, and you're a manager in that business, how does he want you to manage his wealth for that purpose? And then in the third book, I talk about him as the generous, generous Lord that has given all, and he wants you to continue to be generous with that divine provision. Mm. Johnny McWilliams is joining us today here on The Beating House on Faith Radio from Zero In Financial. He has written this intersection series, joining us here at the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo in Columbus, Georgia. So let's talk about these principles with respect to managing money and really developing that mindset. So once that mindset is acquired, and I understand that in this book series, you actually don't start with money per se. You yeah. start with a relationship with Christ, correct? Correct. And even beyond that, the Lord said your first chapter is going to be about leading people to a relationship with Christ. Like I could actually go through why you would pray a sinner's prayer and how to present a sinner's prayer in chapter one of a financial book. <laughs> yeah. And so once that's established, then how do, as you see it, we as Christians then begin to regard our finances and manage them accordingly. Yeah, it's about that radical relationship. And now thinking about prayer, how do I speak to God and ask him about money matters and listen for his command and for his word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit when it comes to money? And I actually walk through the fruit of the Spirit and how they apply to money financial strategy and money management. Johnny McWilliams here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to zero, Z-E-R-O-N, financial.com. 
Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. And you can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on The Intersection as well as The Meeting House radio program. You can also find links to the Intersection podcast to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests at the Faith Radio YouTube channel. There is a link provided from the Meeting House homepage. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.